Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. Now that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in Vegas. <laughs> and today we fast forward to the year 2045 to review the new movie, Ready Player One. A hidden keep, a leap not taken. Retrace your steps, escape your past. And the key will be yours at last. What part of your past are you trying to escape, Halliday? Don't forget, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to listen to our podcast on the CLNS Media website. You can find it at clnsmedia.com. This is the Oasis. A whole virtual universe. You can do anything. Be anyone. Without going anywhere at all. The Oasis was created by James Halliday, and what he left behind changed everything. A contest. Three impossible challenges. The first to finish gets complete control of the Oasis, which means complete control of the future. Speaking of the prize, 80s fans, don't you think it's time for a new school solution to storing your wine bottles? If you're anything like Brad and me... Keeping a wine bottle handy and cold is as necessary as having that extra copy of Ready Player One hanging around. And good news, Stuck in the 80s has a new partner, Bevsto, the ultimate wine storage device. Bevsto creates additional storage capacity by horizontally attaching directly under any glass refrigerator shelf. It solves the problems of wine bottles rolling around the refrigerator. Is that a problem you have a lot, Brad? Steve, you would not believe how much of a problem that is. Now that we don't have any kids in the house, there's a lot of extra space in the fridge and stuff is just rattling around in there. Well, that's good because the flexible design of Bevsto allows placement under any smooth glass refrigerator shelf. It's easy to install, easy to remove. Even Brad can use one or several in his fridge. You bet. And it's guaranteed to hold up to 10 pounds. Don't drink wine? No worries. Bevsto works on liquor, wild turkey, Evan Williams, and all of Steve's favorite brands of bourbon. <laughs> and because you listen to Stuck in the 80s, you get a special discount on your own Bevsto. Save 25% on Bevsto when using the promo code PODFAN25. That's P-O-D-F-A-N-2-5. Bevsto is only nineteen ninety five, but saving 25%, hey, that's more money to spend on wine. Hmm. So go to sit80s.com slash bevsto, that's B-E-V-S-T-O-W, and enter the promo code PODFAN25 when ordering. That's sit80s.com slash bevsto, promo code PODFAN25. You'll be helping this podcast 
And you'll be helping yourself to organize your fridge. What goes better with chilled wine than a screening of Ready Player One, Steve? Did you, uh, did you actually partake of the wine uh, when you finally saw the movie last week? No, uh, I kind of had to cram it in. It's, uh, I wasn't joking. I am in Vegas this week doing uh, set up for a trade show. So I had to watch it late on Tuesday this week and then rush home and pack a bunch of suitcases full of stuff. So I had to have my wits about me, young man. <laughs> this might be the weirdest podcast we've ever recorded. You're in Vegas. I'm at my mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I've ever recorded from here. I'm sitting in the living room, uh, just kind of staring out over my mom's house as we record a podcast on Ready Player One. Uh, the yeah. most unlikely of scenarios for both of us. Yeah. I'm, actually, I got a pretty good view here. I'm in the, the used to be the Las Vegas Hilton right next to the convention center. And I'm looking out over the valley. It's really a pretty day today, but it is pretty hot too. Anyway, not enough about the weather. <laughs> it, is, it is 77 in Clearwater, Florida. And I'm looking out over Countryside Mall. Uh, Lovely. Let's do a quick recap of Ready Player One for those who haven't read the book or seen the movie yet. Uh, Wait, what are you doing listening to this podcast if you haven't read this book? <laughs> There's people out there who haven't. I'm, I'm serious. Seriously, put press pause, go buy the book, and then read it, and then come back. Then see we'll the wait. movie. Then see the movie, and then come back. Uh, so in the year 2045, the world has basically become virtual. Schoolwork, uh, work, play, everything in between takes place in an online virtual reality. A uh, wonkish guy named James Halliday is the creator of this world, which is called Oasis. And upon his death, Halliday bequeaths his immense estate and control of the Oasis to the one lucky gamer out there who can find the Easter egg hidden deep inside his software. And it turns out, <laughs> and it turns out the key to winning um, is understanding and appreciating Halliday's enduring infatuation with a decade we like to call the 80s. Yeah. In the quest, you have uh, our heroic gamers, Parsifal, Artemis, and H. They're on the journey to find the egg before the villainous Sixers, basically a corporation that wants to win control of the Oasis so they can commercialize it. And I'm, I'm really abbreviating a lot. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good summary. Um, I feel like that was the problem. Can we jump right in? Should we just jump right into Let's this? Let's jump right in. Th- that was the problem with this this making a movie out of this book is and really of any book it's so dense right i mean just there's so much in the book itself it is just chock-a-block with 80s references along with a story right and when you're making a two-hour movie you have to somehow tease out a plot out of that that you can tell in two hours and i feel like the heavy do i dare say heavy-handed the heavy hand of 80s pop culture references in this movie uh, is just gone. It's yeah. it's it's a very subtle. It's a subtle layer. It's more of a it's more of a spread of garlic aioli on your <laughs> ham sandwich oh, than the actual ham in the sandwich. I'm really hungry. The um, the, the way I kind of looked at it was the movie was like it kind of it's almost like inspired by the book, but by no means is the book. Yeah. It, it, the characters are the same. The 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 quest is the same. But the manner about which they go about it, it yeah. bears very little resemblance to the book. And if, if you're in love yeah. with the book, like Brad and I are, like how, how many times did you read the book, Brad? I've probably read it four or five times. Yeah. I mean, it's just – it's a perfect like, oh, I'm on a plane or I'm stuck someplace or uh, let's go to the beach for the day. It's a perfect just kind of 
easy to read, easy to enjoy. Um, I, I will say, let me just up front, let me say, I enjoyed this movie. I was actually texting with Drew about that when I got home because he wanted to talk to me, but he wanted to wait. It's like, I'm not talking to you till you see it. And then when I told him <laughs> I liked it, he was like, what? Like, I, I did. I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was a good movie. Um, I don't, you kind of said this, but I feel like it was probably the best they could do with the framework of this story to make a mass marketable movie. Because right. if you're gonna if, if you're gonna sign up Spielberg and spend that kind of money, you can't just appeal to us '80s dorks. You've got to have a wider audience. I felt like they made some interesting choices. It was it didn't all work? But then when I read the book over and over again, there are things in the book where I'm like, you know what, that doesn't work either. So right. exactly. it's not like they've taken a perfect story and and made it worse. They've just taken the the kind of the skeleton of it and built this other kind of version of it. Sure, I, I remember reading the book. And I was just squealing with delight when I saw passages where they're sitting here debating whether Lady Hawk is a good movie or not, and whether or not this, <laughs> this the soundtrack to Lady Hawk ruins what's an otherwise great movie. But I realized if they put this in a film, like three quarters of the audience's eyes are going to be like rolling around in their heads. I mean, nobody's going to appreciate that kind yeah, of detail. Yeah, that part isn't going to work. And, and so it's not there. I mean, not, we're not yeah. going to give you too many spoilers today. The other thing that occurred to me was um, there's a scene in the book where uh, Parzival has to basically inhabit the character of Matthew Broderick in the movie War Games and, and right. recite every one of his lines throughout the entire movie to get through this one obstacle. Well, obviously not going to do that in the movie. Right. But what they do is they give us they give us another 80s movie, which I'm not going to reveal. Yeah. <laughs> they must. And there's kind of a set piece in in that. Yes, in that universe, and that was right. really fun. Yeah. That was a really fun scene. Yes. I enjoyed that. When 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 that, when that scene comes up upon you, and every, everybody kind of like in the movie theater just kind of went crazy. I was there for a press screening, so the one thing you always notice about press screenings is people people are always really overly happy because okay. they're there for they're seeing it before everyone else, and they're seeing it for free. And they should be at work. No, this one was at seven thirty at night. So every, you know, oh, okay. it was it was a real mixed audience too. Like there's a lot of younger people there, and I'm thinking, oh, they're not going to follow this movie at all. Turns out yeah. they can because it it was reworked so yeah. that an '80s fan could appreciate it, so that a, a millennial could appreciate it. Yeah, so it, it it worked. It worked on that level. It just it's so watered down from the book. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do agree with you. And the the thing that you know, if if the book is about eighties pop culture references and and conversations and debates and and reenactments thereof, the movie is really more about the relationships. What about yes. our relationship, man? And and that's <laughs> I think what that's what makes it work on a more broad level. Again, I don't you know if you're looking for, well, okay, let's 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 have a talk with with your uncle Brad. Gentle listener, if you go to the movies to see a movie based on a book and you're expecting like a transcription word for word, then you you need to lower your expectations considerably. Like, do we right. do we not all remember Dune? Do we not all remember <laughs> that? I mean, well, nobody remembers it better than you do. Well, that's true. That's because I was so 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 angry and betrayed when that movie came out. Yeah. Like, how could you do this? And if if it if you're in your fifties and you're doing that now, like, dude. <laughs> no, stop. Yeah. Just you, you don't have to like the movie, but to expect it to be that is just you're you're out of your exactly. mind. You're out of your mind. 
An interesting suggestion that was um, passed along to me this last week by people who were seeing it for the first time was, was like, wouldn't this have worked so much better as a series on Netflix or Amazon Prime? Like, I had the like exact maybe, same thought. Yeah, like like six or ten episodes. You could have told the story right much more closer to the book. It would have been much more pure. It might have actually been better. Yeah. Well, yeah, it would have been a more faithful adaptation, right? Or it could have been. I mean, I'm thinking I'm thinking even Netflix is maybe too high profile. I'm thinking maybe we need to go YouTube Red or uh, <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah, to, maybe some no name director and oh, no. you know. I, I just, think the fact- just, no, I'm not saying someone who isn't talented. I just think that, you know, you to make that version of it, you have to set the expectations of who's going to watch it at the right place. And if it's yeah. going to be, you know, if your market is millennials, well, okay, maybe that's not going to work. If your market is, you know, are we generation X? Is that where we fall? I don't even know if it's us, then, you know, you got to sign up the, the, you know, minivan sponsorships and, uh, <laughs> you know, get, get that funding lined yeah, up so that you can yeah. get, get the right eyeballs on it. Right. Right. H's van would have been a minivan. Steven Spielberg directed the movie and we, which when he signed on for it, when he, when he got attached to the project, obviously a lot of people got very happy because he is the master of so many 80s stories. But I don't know that if you watch this movie and then ask me after not knowing who the director was, and then ask me afterwards, could you spot any director's uh, telltale signs? I don't know that it would have jumped out at me. Yeah, I don't. I didn't feel like that, that's. It's interesting you say that. I had the same exact thought. You know, everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, we're going to have all this." You know, like, ET is going to show up, and all these you know Spielbergian no. characters are going to arrive. And no, I didn't feel like it was. It was not a signature Spielberg picture. It wasn't bad. No. no. I, I, again, I don't. I didn't think he did a bad job, but I don't. I didn't think it felt like a Spielberg movie. I, I've read. I read online today that it's his most commercially successful movie in about ten years, for what that's worth. So okay, interesting. Is there one character you gravitated towards who, whose storyline you thought was particularly compelling? Um, I will say I think that they made in in taking the focus away from you know pop culture knowledge into more of like trying to understand people and how they tick i felt like parsifal's character was a lot more sympathetic in the movie than he was in the book huh in the book he's like a pop culture savant right and that's what's focused on right but in the movie there's just less of that oh yeah well i know the title to that obscured atari 2600 game and i know what the <laughs> prizes were and i know this and i know that and it's like yeah okay we get it you're a smart guy uh, yeah so you're i thought that his yeah, yeah i think his character was a lot more sympathetic in the movie i thought the character of uh holiday was was the most interesting one whenever he was on the screen i thought that the movie really had sizzle to it when he, we were going through his the things that kind of tortured him in his life, you know, the, the regrets, you know, the chances not taken, the leaps not taken. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's where I connected with it. I thought any scene that he was in was just fantastic. I guess, I don't know. I wasn't expecting it to be so, I wasn't expecting it to be played in such, so awkwardly. It's, but, it's a little over the top. In it, in but, it, but, it re- but it works. It really worked. I mean, it just, it made your, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a softy, but it just made me feel for this guy. You know, yeah. when he's on the screen, you can't take your eyes off of him. Right. Anything he says could be a clue. The movie revolves around him more so than the book did. 
And, yeah. and I'm, and I'm fine with that. A sequel to the book is already in the works. Um, Ernest Klein, the author revealed that last week that he's been writing for about a year. Ready player two. <laughs> Ready player two. I don't know what will happen in that. He hasn't given too many clues other than I think it's going to kind of pick up sort of where things left off. Okay. Let me ask you this. Is this a movie that you're going to watch multiple times? Or are you going to get a copy of it for digital and watch it two or three times a year? Uh, I don't know that it quite makes that. I don't know if it quite makes that level. I enjoyed it. I don't know that I'm going to race out and buy a copy. Right. I, you know what, still- Steve? Let me ask you a point blank question because I don't think you've said anything. What did you did you like this movie? Yes, I like the movie. I was just disappointed that it wasn't more like the book. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I, I I get that. I think that makes sense. But I still there are moments in this movie, and I'll give a couple away. There's, I mean, everyone knows the Iron Giant is in this movie because you you see him in all the trailers and stuff like that. There's a right. scene. Upon his death, where he gives the Terminator 2 thumbs up, that I just literally like hopped out of my seat by like three feet in such joy. <laughs> um, just little things, yeah. like little moments where I was, just, where I just thought, now that is just really clever. That's exactly what I wanted. Thank you very yeah. much. You know, it, yeah, it does deliver. It does deliver some of the time. It doesn't deliver yes. as much as I think we would have liked. It is. It is still as we have. I think we can all agree. It's a good time at the movie theater. Yeah. Speaking of good times, we're happy to announce that HelloFresh is back as a sponsor of our podcast for 2018. Unless you've literally been living in the Oasis all this time, you know HelloFresh is our favorite way to get amazing ingredients and recipes delivered right to our doorstep. It's more than that, though. The ingredients are pre-measured, so there's no fuss and no waste. I've been using HelloFresh for, what, about a year now? And it's fantastic. I go online each week. I pick the meals I want. Last night, I made sesame sriracha beef stir-fry with carrot ribbons and jasmine rice. I still have leftovers for when I get back to Orlando tomorrow. Katie and I usually go with the 20-minute recipes. And this week, it's pronto chicken white pizzas with baby broccoli and fresh mozzarella. Oh, oh God. Stop it. You're killing me. I, I know. It's, there's like, like just there's that extra three words of description on the end of everyone. You're like, oh, pizzas. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait. Oh, oh. Baby broccoli and fresh mozzarella. I'm sold. I should have ordered that too. I don't even know what I was thinking. I guess, I, ugh, stupid me. Anyway, seriously, the best part of HelloFresh is knowing that your dinner planning just got so ridiculously simple. The recipe cards are step-by-step and anybody can follow them. And you can feel good about things after you finish cooking too. The ingredients come inside super insulated packaging and it's totally recyclable, which Katie was very happy to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, every week I, I religiously put my stuff out by the curb for the Seminole County <laughs> Recycling people to come by and get it. Even if you don't like doing dishes, no sweat. There are plenty of one-pot recipes that keep clean up to a bare minimum. Yeah. Not only will you be eating better, but you'll be saving money, too. Meals are less than $10 per serving, and shipping is free. Free. And you decide what day you want to receive your meals. And skip a week if you're going out of town. Like Brad and I, we skipped our meals uh, that week when we were on the 80s cruise. You got it. And because you're listeners to the podcast, you get a special deal. Save $30 off your first order of HelloFresh when using the promo code RADICAL30. That's $30 right off the bat with the promo code RADICAL30. Just go to HelloFresh.com and start feeling better about yourself. Plus, you'll be doing Spearsy and I a favor by supporting those who support the podcast. No, I was amazed how many people came up to us on the 80s cruise and asked us questions about HelloFresh. People are curious, and that's cool. If there's any questions at all you have about the service, just email us at podcast at sit80s.com. And don't forget the promo code RADICAL30 when ordering. 
You know what I'm careful not to forget? The The Seggies. Hey, it's the Magical Refrain of Listener Mailbag. It's been about, what now, three weeks since we've recorded a podcast? It feels like about six months. <laughs> it does. So we get, we've, we're going to have to play catch up here with some of the letters here. So the first letter is from uh, Mike Wally Walters in San Diego, who just, by the way, listened to our live audience podcast from the 80s cruise. Cool. You want to take this one, Brad? Absolutely. He writes, Stephen Brad, the show is really hitting its stride and firing on all cylinders. Listening to the live show just put it in perspective for me. Steve, it dawned on me that you didn't step into this with professional experience, but have definitely reached that status, as heard by how well-spoken you've become behind that mic. Brad has been an excellent addition, and to find out what good buds you've become is just too cool. The wit is rolling, and the show is better than ever. I like this guy. Where do we send the beers for this guy? I found this podcast around episode 8 or 9, and have listened to each one every time it first hits the feed, and will continue to do so. Thank you again for all the entertainment. Mike Wally Walters in San Diego. Wow, that's really that nice. That's a nice yeah, letter. Did, um, wow. Thanks, Mike yeah. Wally Walters. We, we did record uh, that last show. That was the last time we met was on board the boat, and we recorded that show. That was kind of an interesting one. I haven't... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think we'll try to do it again next year. Yeah. We'll see. And, and, we'll see. and now I kind of miss you, man. Why don't you come out to Vegas? I got a room. That's That sounds wonderful right now. Trust me. You can come snuggle with me in my king-size bed. I got uh-huh. absolutely nothing better to do. Nothing better to do. I have no job still. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Um, anyway, uh, letter number two is from Lynn in Nebraska. Uh, Lynn writes, Stephen Brad, I continue to enjoy your podcast for many reasons. As a child of the 80s, I love the content and format of your show. It's really grown on me, and it helps me get through the rather tedious parts of my career responsibilities right now. One of my favorite aspects of the show is the recurring seggies and other features and competitions that you present with us with every show. I even anticipate some of the catchphrases you used to introduce to seggies. <laughs> uh, one of Steve's signature st- statements follows the musical introductions of the seggies, which goes, ah, the mystical or musical refrain that means it's time for blank, blank, blank. As I go back into the archives and catch up on the oldest shows that lead to your current greatness. <laughs> Lynn, Ooh, you're killing us. Man. I think I've identified the first episode in which Steve uses this phrase. It is number three, which I find hard to Dang. believe. Dang. No way does it go back that far. Well, anyway, uh, Lynn continues. I was laughing inside when I heard you say it, and now every episode since then just doesn't seem complete without it. Lynn, if you only knew how many like busted takes we had on this week's show, <laughs> where I could not properly introduce this segi because we haven't done it in so long. Uh, you know, you, the miracles of post-production. I know. I, Brad, what was it? Six, seven, eight takes before uh, I got I, I don't really think we need to share that number. I think my mom in the next room knows the number. Let's put it that way. Lynn concludes, keep up the good work, guys. And I do hope that Spears can find a way to do this podcast as a full-time paying gig. It's mostly for you as it is a great blessing to be gainfully employed at something you love. But for me, your job security would mean that I can enjoy stuck in the 80s for a long time until you retire and have Brad's kids take over the show. Sincerely, <laughs> Lynn in Nebraska. <laughs> I think they're up for it. That, that would be interesting. Uh, my son would totally jump in there. He, would, he definitely has some opinions. Uh, my daughter, eh, it's not that she dislikes it. It's just not her. It'll just be the naysayer. Yeah. You gotta have one of those. Or, or a gym with one end. Her daughter eventually will grow old enough to to do this to so. represent Prince in all things. 
<coughs> Stop it. <clears throat> okay, I've got one more letter from um, from Scott in Perth, Australia. Take this one, Brad. Okay, here we go. Hey, Steve. Hope the cruise went as well as possible and things look up for you on the job front on your return. I love the podcast. It's a very welcome relief when wide awake in the middle of the night in my home in Perth, Western Australia. Hey, what about a stuck in the 80s Australian edition? You know, Crocodile Dundee, he had to go there. Young Einstein, <laughs> NXS, The Church, Hoodoo Gurus, Olivia Newton John, Air Supply, Little River Band, Men at Work, ACDC, Midnight Oil. There's got to be at least a couple shows in there. Anyway, keep going and keep broadcasting. Warm regards to Brad and Jen. Best wishes, Scott from Perth. We honestly, we should talk more about the Hoodoo Gurus. They're awesome. I love the Hoodoo Gurus. Ours need guitars. I have a shirt for that. We did okay. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we did a show on Crocodile Dundee. We did a show on Crocodile Dundee oh, a couple years ago. Um, now and it was it was really hard to organize because it was uh, me on the East Coast, Brad on the West Coast, and then our friend Dave in Sydney. Right? Yeah. And you and, guys are twelve hours apart, so it was going to be the middle right. of the night for somebody. Yeah. Which and was it for you or was it for him? I forget. It, it was, was for one. Of, it was for one of you guys because it was right in the middle for me. I was, you know, okay. it was fine. Yeah, so we did it, and then the the audio that we recorded ended up being so muddy and um, screwed up that we couldn't use it as a show, which is a shame because we did a really good job. I thought someone I can't remember if it was Dave who did this. It must have been. Gosh, maybe ten years ago, I got a disc in the mail of maybe a dozen songs from Australian bands, bands that were only big in Australia that, that okay. we never even heard of over here. Okay. And fantastic. I mean, I used to listen to that in my car like nonstop and, and I knew which shows I was, which songs were going to start the show, which songs we're going to end the show with and everything in between. And, and we just never, this was back in the Sean Daly days. I, we just never got that one off the ground, but if I can find that disc again, Oh my God. It would have been for a great show. And I oh, still that's like cool. to do that. Yeah. So. That'd be fun. Anyway, it's so always, anyways, it, it is always fun to discover new eighties music, you know? It is. It is. And this was really fantastic stuff. So, um, Scott, we will do our best to make that happen. And Dave and Sydney are so sorry that, that, that our efforts got wasted a couple of years ago. And, uh, let's, let's plan something together soon. If I could real quick, let me just send a quick message to Dave. Uh, Hey Dave, uh, winger out. <laughs> what? He's an Arsenal fan. Oh, okay. Uh, there we go. Uh, as always, we love your email. Send them to podcast at sit80s.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for a mystery movie moment. You know the drill by now. We will play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you can get it right, you're entered into the drawing for... Do we still have bottle openers? It's been so long since we had the shtick. I don't even we know. Got we got bottle, bottle openers. openers. We got bottle openers. Did you see that I have the trucker hats now? I could. I figured you just photoshopped them. I can't believe you actually no. found them. The trucker hats from 80s Cruise have been found. I have four of them. And um, I know I'm giving one out to Tim Williams. I have some other names down that I went back through my archives to, to see who else I promised them to. But one way or another, I'm getting those suckers sent out this week. So, so uh, if I promised you one, email me so I can make sure I have you on, on the list and we'll go from there. Uh, if I have to to throw in, I'll throw in my stuck in the 80s uh, visor or my uh, 80s cruise visor from this year as well. So um, anyway, the last time we did this segment, we were all 10 years younger. Uh, and here was the mystery clip. Here, I made you a sweater. Last night? 
Yeah, it's just something I do with my hands. I hope I got the size right. I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, I have a brother, and I use him for a size <laughs> comparison. And I have a pretty good eye for that sort of thing, so I just went ahead and made you one because, you know, I was up. Are you peeing? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes, that's Real Genius, which was the movie we screened at midnight uh, on the 80s cruise. And that was fun. Yeah. I was happy and sad for you. <laughs> we will catch up with the other Seggies next week. And the only reason why I don't do them all this week is that literally everyone in the world decided that this was the week they were going to email in and they were, everyone was right. And we would all pass out from oxygen deprivation if we try to read everyone's name, but we're going to give it a go. So Brad, winners this week include Metalhead Ed, Bo Fornaris in New Orleans, Anastasia from Colorado, Joe in Michigan, Shazam Adel St. Louis, Jesse Elgato Grande Smith in true Northern California, Matt McDaniels, Don in Tulsa, Dan and McDonough, Dan and McDonough, why is he twice? I do not know. Keith from Port Huron, Michigan, Chris from Michigan, Jeff Rocks in Indiana, Kevin the Blogger, Greg in Cleveland, Ranger Steve, Jeremy in St. Pete, Ice is nice. Chris, I, I agree, Chris, Ice is nice. Bill with one L, <laughs> Steve in Ventura, Bob in Silicon Valley, Pensacola, Jim, Patrick, Gypsy Juggler, Thompson from Cleveland, Ohio, and... Tim from Toadsuck. Spin the wheel, Brad. It's Ooh, been very rusty. Here we go. We will name the winner. Choose the form of the of destructor, us. Steve. <laughs> okay. It's going to be Matt McDaniels. You are this week's winner. So nice. email us your email address and we'll get something out to you pronto or um, before winter solstice. One of the two, we promise. <laughs> no promises. Oh, are attention. we promising? Okay, yeah, I promise. Yeah, sorry. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Um, he's dead. That's the idea, is it? Cheers. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you're wiener. It's a Radio Shack. Merry Christmas. Meet our family's newest member. Our new high-performance Tandy 1000EX. PC compatible and now at an incredible $799. Including a Christmas bonus color monitor. We saved $300. And it came with Deskmate software. Like word processing, budgeting, filing, and more. Of course, all work and no play. Makes a dull computer. <clears throat> right. The Tandy 1000EX computer, just $799. Only at Radio Shack. And we're back. We have just a few minutes left. I thought, let's talk about some of the other great movies that are out there that that have a nostalgia for the decade that we love so much. Um, there's not too many. Not too many. And they're all fairly uh, recent, obviously. I mean, there's... there's a, yeah, you couldn't do a top 40, but you could do a top five. <laughs> we could do a top five. Num- number five on my list would be uh, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion from 1997. And only part of that movie takes place in the eighties. Like when they when they flash back scenes to their original um, life in high school, that takes place right. in the eighties. But it's still, the music is great. The music, the reunion sure. aspect of it, kind of puts you in that frame of mind. Yeah, and keep in mind it was a high school reunion that 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 kind of you know, sparked the idea for second eighties in the first place. Was um, the genesis of this? Yeah. Right. Uh, Friday Night Lights, the movie in two thousand four. I, I don't know if a lot of people know this. This was based on a book. That was written in the late eighties, a, a true story about the town Odessa, Texas. And so the movie yeah. that had uh, Billy Bob Thornton in it was set in the eighties and it's all eighties music and all eighties fashion. And it, it's not real steeped in eighties nostalgia. You know, it's, they, they don't layer, right. layer it on too thick, but, um, it's, but it's still, obviously set in that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's a good setting. I I I probably watched it three three times last week when I was trying to force myself to go to sleep. Uh, (laughs) Number three on my list would be Adventureland. Adventureland from two thousand nine. The story of a bunch of kids who basically are working at a third rate uh, theme park for the summer. (laughs) (laughs) You get to hear the song "Rock Me Amadeus" about thirteen times during the movie. Mm. Uh, American Psycho would be number two on my list from two thousand. Uh, Christian Bale, fantastic movie, great soundtrack. You know, and that one of the funniest moments on the 80s cruises last year was when Katrina told us that she thought that the use of Walking on Sunshine, when she first heard it in American Psycho, was totally inappropriate. But at, but over time, yeah. she's grown to love, which I thought that was interesting. She, she cherishes <laughs> it above all other, Steve, even above she does, you. She does. And number one, I don't think this is any surprise, 1998 gave us the movie The Wedding Singer. And to me, that will always be the king of 80s nostalgia movies. Yeah. Yeah. It really kind of, it kind of opened the doors like, hey, we can do this and it can be fun. Whenever I see The Wedding Singer, a lot of it was filmed in the neighborhood that Katie and I used to live in when we first got married. So I'm like, hey, I ate breakfast at that bakery or hey, I've gotten drunk in that bar too. Actually, the bar's gone now, but uh, there's yeah. another bar there instead. In the meantime, if you have seen Ready Player One, you want to send us a letter with your thoughts on it, especially if they disagree with ours, please do. Um, <laughs> the email address is podcast at sit80s.com. I'm tempted to give him another email address so we don't have to read it, but no, I'd be curious. Like, like yeah. if you really thought it was better than a book, let us know. Um, in the meantime, if you really uh, thought it was bad, yeah. If you really thought it was so bad that you couldn't even sit through it, I, you know, let us know too. Always love to hear from you. In the meantime, Brad and I will be stuck here right in the oasis, but hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. Hey, it's the magical refrain of listener mailbag. Um, as always, we we it's been a while since we. Hey, it's the ma- Hey, it's the mystical refrain of. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Can't get through this. <laughs>